Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. Hosted by the Missouri Training Institute, this is the Weekly Workplace. Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. With you today, hi, (laughs) Dewey Thompson, Gray Lion, uh, and myself, Brianna Larimer. We are Missouri Training Institute, and it feels like it's been forever. Yeah. Since we have been together mm-hmm. and live, the state fair. Oh, yeah. Well, we've had a lot of things going we on have. since then. So yeah. We have. Yeah. We've and, been to Washington, D.C. and back uh, for a whole week with a yeah. whole big leadership group. So yeah. um, it's been fun, though. Yeah. It has been. It has been. What was your favorite part about being in D.C.? Uh, you know, it's just one of my favorite cities. So every time I go, there's always something new to see. Yeah. Um, but Actually, we were there to uh, do some leadership training for a group that we've been working with throughout the entire year. And um, it's always fun just to see them. Mm. Yes. I always had a good time just talking to them and catching up with them and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys see anything new that you hadn't seen before? <gasps> the stairs on the Exorcist <laughs> movie. Remember oh, the Exorcist yes. back in the 70s? And, and there's a new one coming out, my brother told me. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. Um, but I've been wanting to see these stairs for a long time. Because every time I go, I always kind of forget to go by there and see them. <laughs> it's right there in Georgetown. But yeah, we went there, got yep. the picture taken. Well, might have to put it up um, yeah. on the Facebook or something. We should do that. Sh- sh- show yeah. everybody. Yeah. I had to actually look at I don't watch scary movies. So I had to actually look that up. Yeah, yeah. So I could tell the story when I was telling the story. <laughs> <laughs> I had to see it for myself. But they're pretty long, pretty steep. Are they? Yeah, yeah, a little yeah. creepy. Yeah, a little creepy. Yeah. Huh. Well, uh, it's been fun, right? We've had a lot of great adventures over the last few weeks, and uh, we're live right now. So if you are listening to this this podcast later, uh, we are live. We try to do live podcasts at least once a month. And so we're excited to bring this one to you. And we're excited to really kind of finally wrap up and have this grand finale, is what I called it, of the training prep talk. That's Mm -hmm. really where we're heading today. So if you're joining us live online right now on Facebook, let us know where you're joining from. Uh, Give us a shout out. Uh, Let us know if you have any questions related to trainings, presentation, delivery, any of that. Um, But we want to see from you, hear from you. And if you're listening to this playback, just leave us a message in the description. Let us know that uh, the comments that you were here. And so recapping. Because it has been a while. It has been a while. Yep. <laughs> um, we featured our one of our alumni from Neld last week. We'd had a couple weeks in between there with all of our, our work. So um, la- the very first one, part one of the training prep talk, if you guys remember, was really about our stories as trainers. Mm-hmm. So um, talking about experiences, uh, our first encounters into the <laughs> training world. So that was a lot of fun. We got some some fun emails oh, that came from those. They liked hearing our stories. Yeah. Walk back on memory lane. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In part two, we really talked about kind of doing your homework. What are the pieces that we need to be considering as we are um, prepping to mm-hmm. go in front of an audience? And uh, then part three, we really talked about kind of those visual design pieces. So a little bit of the aesthetics, but then we also talked about like mannerisms to avoid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so lots of fun stuff there. What else? I mean, what big picture takeaways as you all think about your careers, 20 plus years, 15 plus years in training? What are some big tip takeaways before we jump into this particular content? Honestly, don't wait 
to give a presentation before you think you're good enough to give a presentation mm. because it is the practice and the doing things over and over and over and over. Um, and you can't ever practice enough to feel like you're perfect enough. Right. So don't wait. Um, just go and you'll learn from it and um, do something different the next time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I would just say be the leader in the room, you know, from the from the moment you hit that room, you know, as the trainer, as the presenter, you really are the leader. So um, go meet people right away, greet them right away, um, you know, get them on your side right away. Yes. Uh, actually, before you actually even start, because then they seem more like friends that you're talking to rather than a bunch of strangers out there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That that has been helpful for mm -hmm. me. Um, I think when I first started, I was I was so nervous and I just wanted to stay in my own little cubby and let me get in the zone. And, <laughs> you know, it, it was like. I approached it how I approached everything. So with a wrestling background and MMA, like you, you just kind of go away and you don't want to be close to anybody because you're getting in the mental mindset. But um, making that change has been incredibly helpful to just start, pick out somebody and start mm -hmm. a conversation with. Um, it releases some of that tension. Sure. Yeah. So yeah. Um, great pieces of advice. I'm looking here. Uh, let us know again, if you're on with us, where you are joining from. Um, but let's talk about now where we're heading. So when we talk about this concept of mass Mastering group dynamics. Mm -hmm. This is kind of the the closure of this whole concept because we know that can sometimes be one of the harder pieces of presenting. Uh, what are your experiences, if you don't mind sharing, I guess, with um, different situations that stick out related to group dynamics in a presentation you've given? Uh, well, I mean, there's all kinds of things that happen, you know, whether or not a participant's trying to challenge you in mm. front of everybody. Um, sometimes participants will um, just sit there like this and they don't, you know, what am I doing here? And, yeah. you know, that I have to be there rather than being wanting to be there. Um, you know, you. I've also one particular time that I, comes to my mind is I was doing a presentation and there was a gentleman who had a, a PhD from in nuclear engineering from Massachusetts Institute of Technology, MIT. Mm. Okay, um, and within the first five sec five minutes of opening up this training session, he raised his hand and he asked a question that lasted twenty minutes. Ooh. Um, and I think he was speaking English. I mean, there was a few words in there that I was able to pick out, but he was talking with language that I've never heard of before, you know, big words that I just had no idea. So it took me a good, you know, another 15 minutes to try to understand his original question. Um, and I think he was just trying to show off. I think he was just trying to, um, you know, why am I here? You know, mm. that kind of thing. So, mm -hmm. yeah. What about you? Um, yeah, you know, it's, it, it's always the people. Um, it's always the people I get, and I'm sure anybody who does this for a living, mm -hmm. um, we draw our energy from right. the people. Absolutely. And so I can see how that would deflate mm -hmm. a trainer spending 35 minutes with one participant who's trying to get his ego stroked. Right. Um, but sometimes that's exactly what you have to do mm -hmm. in those cases. Mm -hmm. um, hopefully it doesn't take you 35 minutes. That, that was, I'm sure, frustrating yeah. um, for you. But you do draw your energy. And so find those people. I always get there early and create those relationships and then you can find them in the audience mm -hmm. and you know they'll give you a smile or they'll have real intent eye contact and it can you know can renew some of your energy especially if this is going to be a long day oh yeah yeah mm -hmm. yeah I love that point and I think to, to that and we can speak a little bit more about what how do we set ourselves up for success as we kind of enter in into that room a little bit and so when we think about I'll back up even more when we think about just kind of the realities and things that we're already up against as trainers mm -hmm. or presenters. Um, 
let's just be frank. Like our attention spans as human beings aren't very long. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Matter of fact, you might have tuned out already at this point. <laughs> but thinking through that, you know, I think the average when I, I looked it up, it was like 10 to 20 minutes of focus time, like of actually being able to focus in. And so um, other things that I, I, I think get in the way this little lovely device I have on my wrist here, sure. right? all those notifications, the things that constantly pop up when you think of like a virtual environment. I mean, how often have you all been mm-hmm. training in a virtual environment and being able to look at people's eyes and know that they're multitasking or, you know, yeah. you're already up against it. Yeah, I think the last time I had a virtual session, everybody had their cameras turned off. Mm, everybody. So, oh. you know, you're just and I'm just like, oh, come on, folks, come on. Let's let's yeah. turn those cameras back yeah. on. Let's have a conversation. And they all just shut them down. It's <laughs> very difficult to talk to a black screen. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. it really is. It is. It is. Um what are some other tips as you think through that? Though? Well, I think also that people come into a session and they're probably already preoccupied, right? Mm-hmm. They've got a life, they've got work, they've got demands on themselves. Um, and I think oftentimes people get distracted just kind of thinking through what am I, what I have to do? What am I missing today that I could be getting done by sitting in here? And so you really have to kind of uh, prove that value, you know, mm-hmm. that you bring to this particular discussion. So, Yeah, sometimes um, I've learned not to open with my opener, which is kind of violating rule number one is always have a consistent opening because that that can get your momentum going when you don't have to count on that because that's when you're most nervous, mm-hmm. right? Is that very at the very beginning. But especially as we've evolved with virtual um, learning and reduced attention spans, because even 10 years ago, it was 50 minutes, 50 mm. minutes of focus time. So we've cut that in half. Mm-hmm. you know, over the last 10 years. And of course, looking at how social media has ramped up and all the different, you know, the TikTok and the, mm. you know, Pinterest and all of those things. So sometimes like starting out of the gate with a whammy, you know, and not like my name is, and this is my title and this, <laughs> you know, um, because I can lull yeah. Um, yeah. the audience. Yeah. So grab them, grab their attention is what you're mm-hmm. saying. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I I do think about that, too, in the sense of how we design our curriculum, because there are you have to break up some of that um, deep thinking. You know, I I don't know if you as a student and I'll just speak as a student in seat learning from presenters. There have been presentations that I've gone to where my brain is on so much fire at that point because it's such deep thinking, like thinking through the models or thinking through how this applies here and, and pulling it all together. I mean college, for example, right? Um, When those things are happening, when you're thinking at such a high level, that also really affects the length of focus or attention. Mm-hmm. And so, especially if you don't have any interest in that subject matter, right? right. Well, that's true. <laughs> Hopefully, you're not there. But yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's some compulsory check the box. Oh, absolutely. Uh, compliance training. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I get. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so we talked about getting there early. We've talked talked about um, really kind of meeting somebody, kind of setting uh, the space, kind of the energy that you want for the room. That's kind of, in my mind, setting expectations mm-hmm. a little bit. What other things come to mind when you get into that session? Well, I think, you know, you you speak volumes with your body language. So, mm-hmm. you know, again, I would encourage everybody to make more intentional decisions about how they're using their body when they're interacting with people and uh, greeting people and meeting people and things like that. So uh, demonstrate some empathy, ask some questions, kind of get an, a, a sense of who these people are, mm-hmm. um, because the more you know about them, the more you're going to be able to relate to them uh, with your material. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I'm getting ready. I was getting ready to type in here, but I'm realizing it's creating a, a little bit of audio on our microphone. <laughs> it's just a new setup, so we have no idea what to expect. Sometimes here, people, you download that sound, right? Yeah, or yeah, like, I know. I feel yesterday clicking. I was working with a, a screen that you pushed, obviously, it was a touch screen, but it didn't make any noise. It didn't give you any tactile mm. um, sensation. And so it was really um, off putting because you're like pushing a button, you don't feel anything, you don't hear anything. Mm. And, uh. That's yeah, it was. It was. It's like not getting the it, feedback. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, here's my question to our live participants: as we've kind of talked through this, um, thinking about what are some obstacles you've found or been up against when you have been presenting or in in front of an audience? And so, let us know. Share those with us in the comments section, uh, or if you're listening to this uh, replay, let us know in, in the comments below as well, and we'll we'll follow up. Uh, but I'm curious to see what other things you all uh, come into contact with. Shout out to MU Extension in Livingston County, Chillicothe. Missouri. Hey, so, shout out. Yeah, yeah. Thank you all for joining us. We appreciate your support. Um, so let's talk a little bit about uh, the the transition. So the preparation, personally, we've, we've discussed and room wise. Um, but let's talk about that time you get offered a microphone, right? How many <laughs> times do you hear people say, oh, I don't need it? <laughs> you probably need it, though. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You know, to me, it it really depends. You know, sure. uh, what's your room size? How many people you have in sure. there? I mean, there's been times when I've been crammed with twenty people in a room that's probably only holds fifteen. <laughs> and then there's please other, don't yeah. use a microphone. <laughs> please don't right? use a yeah. microphone. And then there's other times when I've been in really big rooms with lots of people where it really is necessary. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, and even today when we're doing a lot more things virtually, mm -hmm. um, microphones probably become even more important when you're doing things online. Um, so I, I don't like them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've had some uh, funny experiences with them, saying things that my microphone was on when it should have been off, ah. um, you know, things like that. Um, but you got to you got to know how to work with them. Yeah. 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 Yeah, when I when I think back to that, you're you're right there. There have been some sessions, even considering the acoustics in the room mm -hmm. and the microphone just like echo, 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 yeah. you know, and yeah. they're not retaining anything then with the microphone being on. So, yeah, you're right. Thinking about just your room size. And then um, I also consider room setup in this a little bit mm -hmm. as part of not just the microphone piece, but really managing your group or creating an effective environment for them. Mm -hmm. um, you all like. A little, I think I learned from you, like like the U shape for coming mm -hmm. some of those smaller groups, or like the pods. Yep. Okay. Talk a little bit as to why people are facing each other, mm -hmm. and it's much easier for them to have a conversation um, if they can see each other. If they're it's like what we call the classroom setup, where it's just rows and desks, um, already the mindset is, oh, focus on the teacher, no talking. And so I think people jump back to their school days and it feels very um, uh, stale. Mm -hmm. And so I I will do everything um, to <laughs> rearrange a room, either with the size of a U or if I need pods because I've got a large group. Yeah. And I think it also depends on what you're doing in that session. Mm -hmm. You know, your curriculum or the uh, the information you're presenting, the activities that you have planned for that group um, will oftentimes help to determine what kind of a room setup we have as well. One time we did a, kind of an experimental thing where um, I was going into this big organization. We were doing kind of some strategic planning, but we wanted to figure out um, 
you know, this group a little bit to break them out of their usual traditional ways of looking at things. And so we destroyed the room. We had chairs turned over. We had, wow. uh, uh, you know, nothing was set up. And so everybody came here and it was interesting because everybody just started putting the room together like a traditional classroom style. Yeah. And we're like, no, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> this was meant for a reason. You know, we wanted to kind of use it as an analogy to kind of help them break out of their um, usual ways of thinking. How interesting. What, yeah. a, what a neat little uh, project there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. it was interesting. So using all of these different things, right? So we're talking really about setting the room up for success um, as far as the environment for success. I think at the end of the day, the biggest piece is as the presenter or as the trainer, we are responsible for ensuring that everyone has an equal level of opportunity to get out of the training what they want to get out of the training mm -hmm. or the presentation. Mm -hmm. Is that? Yeah, and I would agree. So how do we, uh, thinking about personalities now, <laughs> we've already mentioned, Dewey, you talked at the top of the, uh, the top of the show a little bit about uh, a personality conflict. Um, what other kinds of personalities or experiences with individuals in your sessions have you had and how did you overcome them? Well, you know, Dewey was talking about, um, you know, that person that feels like they have nothing to learn, mm -hmm. you know, and might want to show the ego. And what I've learned, honestly, is go ahead and stroke it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> go ahead and mm -hmm. massage the ego and invite them to um, be part of the education of others. Mm -hmm. Right. And um, tap into that. Whatever, whatever you do, don't get into a power struggle. Yeah. Right. I think you lose credibility, um, you know, and again, I've done that where I will be right. This will be my session and it never goes well. Right. It just kind of sucks the energy out of the room. So um, invite them, compliment them. Oh, my gosh, I'm so glad to have somebody as knowledgeable as you. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that. And I'll be relying on you later, yeah. you know, and give them a role. And, you know, that, you know and that's, that's even why dynamic. sometimes I even ask at the very beginning, you know, what are your past experiences with this topic? You know, tell me a little bit about your your work in this particular area so that I can gauge, you know, who are those folks that maybe have some really rich experience that we can draw out and, and use. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, learn from each other. Mm -hmm. I've had experiences um, similar but a little bit different uh, with personalities that not necessarily know everything, but want to maybe exacerbate the uh, circumstances that they're currently in. Uh, maybe a little bit of complaint related to whatever it was. Uh, and I, those ones are, are tough for me. Uh, because the empathy in me wants to sit and, you know, it's okay, everything will be fine. And, uh, but recognizing that you're taking up the space of everyone else in that room, listening to this person drag on for 20 minutes. So how do you overcome that? You want to start with that one? <laughs> well, you know, I think you're right. An, an empathy statement. Um, I call it detached empathy. Um, unlike your empathy, <laughs> which is yeah. Yeah, submersive <laughs> in empathy, um, is you empathize, right? You know, you let them know that you understand. Um, and hopefully, you know, you're bringing, you know, a way, not the way of something that they might try. Mm -hmm. um, so I think you're right in that approach of empathy. Um, but you have to control 
mm-hmm. that if if they're going on, it really is up to you as a leader of the room to intrude on that, a little block and bridge, mm-hmm. I like to say, mm-hmm. um, and maybe even ask them to, to visit you offline, mm-hmm. so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Um, so at least you're, you're not giving them airtime, you know, that's taking away from other things. Right. And, you know, you've also, I've also been in situations where it's not just one person, but it's the whole room, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, that might be doing that. You know, yeah. we often get called in to del- give bad news to groups or to um, uh, get people to think of a, a change. And, you know, that's very difficult for some folks uh, once in a while. So I have been in rooms where you have a lot of people you know, doing the griping and the complaining and uh, this will never work and blah, 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 blah. It's in those moments sometimes where I do a couple things. Sometimes I'll do what I call drain the sink, right? Mm -hmm. So um, if, especially if I start to hear it right off the bat early on in the session, I'll just stop and say, well, let's hear it. Let's, let's hear about your experiences. Mm -hmm. And again, it requires that empathy, right? To demonstrate that. But sometimes when people get it out, then they'll be more welcome to what's next, right? Sure. They'll, they'll, they'll maybe even consider what you have to say because you took in the time to listen and to understand them. Sure. Um, so draining the sink, it might be a good, a good thing. And the other thing that I sometimes do is to try to help people understand, yeah, you have some complaints here, but what do you have control over in this situation? Mm-hmm. Um, and usually that comes down to two choices. They always have a, uh, they can sit and complain, right? And, and be that victim or they can choose their response a little bit differently. And so helping them understand what they have control over in a situation, what they don't, is sometimes helpful as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you mentioned another one um, that I think I've encountered too. You mentioned a little bit about the resisting the content that you're bringing. <laughs> and so when I think about that, it's, you, you know, it, as a trainer, you've, especially here at our organization, we put a lot of pride into everything that we do, a lot of research, a lot of curriculum design, you know, and so like sometimes I say you pour your, you know, blood, sweat and tears into this and to have that face to face with somebody who's like, I don't believe any of this stuff you're saying. And, you know, that's a difficult situation to be in, too. Um, And I think for me, that's one where I've had to really kind of check my own emotions related Mm -hmm. to it first. And then uh, what other tips, I guess, would you all have for approaching that individual? Well, I'm going to say something that you, I, <laughs> I, I won't give them airtime. Mm. Mm. Um, you know, when, once they've made themselves known, mm-hmm. um, then I just want to minimize because chances are they'll want to pipe up every time. So I gauge my questions. I might go stand in a different part of the room. I might use my body language to let them know, like. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to. Acknowledge you. You know, especially if it's negative or if it really is drawing the room down. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I mean, again, you can empathize, you can draw on, you know, I know it probably feels like this is something you're already familiar with. So hopefully you can join in as you feel comfortable and allow the other people Mm -hmm. to get out of it what they're wanting to get out of it. So address it or ignore it. Mm -hmm. I mean, those are options. Those are your options. Um, Yeah. And I guess the other thing I would say is it's when that happens, it's not about you as the presenter. Oh, heck no. It is about themselves. Um, And so don't let it eat you. But at the same time, like you said, you are responsible for everybody in the room. Mm-hmm. So we do have to kind of shut this person down. I, I'll say this, though. Very, very, very rarely have I ever gone to somebody um, privately and asked them to leave. 
Hmm. I think I've only done that in my career maybe once or twice. Well, um, I didn't even know that was an option. <laughs> well, sometimes, it, sometimes it is an option. Sure, you know? sure. Um, but, you know. I've never asked anybody to leave, but I do remember um, being in a state um, uh, organization and the whole front table was just stirring the pot. And not quietly, I might add, mm. you know, and of course they were front and center. I had three across and they were right in the middle in the front and all of the side conversations and all of the talking. And I didn't say anything for the first, you know, hour or so. And then when we finally took a break, I went up and just sat at the table with them and was kind of like, this is really distracting, not only to me, but to everybody that's sitting around you. And if if this isn't a training, you know, and just kind of mm -hmm. like, what's going on? And I didn't ask him to leave, um, but I certainly gave them permission mm -hmm. if mm -hmm. um, they felt like this wasn't a place they could be for, the, you know, the remaining two hours or yeah. three hours or whatever. Yeah. That, that reminds me of uh, when I was in college band and our professor walked in and very first thing out of his mouth is like, this is going to be a huge commitment of your time. And if you're not willing to give it, there's the door, there's the door, see your way out. And I just, you see people physically get up and leaving <laughs> the doors. And I was like, okay, fair enough, yeah. fair enough. So let us know if you are on live with us. Thank you again for sticking on here. Um, we see you and I'm looking at the number of people we have on. Uh, we see you and, and let us know what questions you might have as we start kind of wrapping up. You guys, we only have five minutes left. Oh my gosh. It's going this fast. Has gone by quickly. It has. Um, let us know what we haven't touched on or maybe what personalities, things that you've experienced that you'd like us to address. Uh, the last one here before we talk about this kind of big picture concept of questions, and Ray, I'm going to lean on you for that a lot. But uh, one other personality I think of that comes to mind is uh, those when I'm kind of looking across the room and I recognize they're just completely disengaged. Mm -hmm. Like, and maybe it's not just one, you know, maybe it's just the end of the day and people are out of it. Um, in those cases, and I, I hope this is okay, but sometimes I, I tend to end a little early as kind of an opportunity to recognize, hey, they're, they're in a space where this isn't, nothing I say is going to be retained. What other strategies do you all have in that space? Well, I think you're right. Read the room and what do you need to do, you know, relation to what it is you're trying to deliver. Um, do they need a break? Mm, yeah. You know, yeah. can you come up with a little activity? You talked about 10 to 20 minutes of focus time. You know, are you over your limit? Mm -hmm. You know, um, there's always an opportunity to have small group discussions. Mm -hmm. um, and I usually will ask them to stand up and find a place somewhere else in the room, you know, where they won't be next to each other. And so at least the standing up. So kind of I, I don't really do energizers um, typically, but using that um, to kind of rearrange their yeah. thinking. My advice is you got to change something, yeah, sure. right? Um, your you, voice, your voice, your position, your position. <laughs> yeah, uh, you got to do something different because they are getting lulled away. So we need to re-engage them. One of the best ways to do that is to ask questions, um, because when you ask people questions, you know we've been conditioned even as little kids that when somebody asks us a question, especially in kind of a formal setting, that we better have a response. So um, that's a, always a, a good thing to do too, yeah. is just kind of ask some questions. And let's talk about that, the power of questions mm. and, and even beyond the, the disengaged personality. But I think in general, you know, for any of these that we've talked about so far, um, you know, that's something I didn't realize the value in until I started working at Missouri Training Institute. And I know, Dewey, you and I have actually said before, since Ray's uh, certification in, in coach, executive coaching, 
like the questions she brings to our meetings and things <laughs> sometimes, I'm just like, whoa, where did that come from? And but it's very powerful because it 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 really kind of keeps a, a flow of dialogue and innovation. Um, so talk a little bit about that race specifically, you know, maybe what you learn in that that session and how you use questions in coaching and moving people forward. Well, we really we really talk about open-ended questions, mm -hmm. which I think in training, yes, I love them. I also think there's a place though for closed-ended questions, you know, the yes or no. So being strategic, you know, when do I need this and when do I need that? So open-ended and any question can be turned into an open-ended question. I think the other thing that's powerful too is because you might ask a really in-depth question, to give them some space to go retrieve that information. And, you know, um, I like to ask questions that might not necessarily have a right answer. I, I usually, if, if there's a right answer, I just, I'm just going to tell you the information. What I want to know is your personal experience mm -hmm. with that information. And so there is no wrong answer. Nobody can get that wrong. And so once people see that these questions are not going to be like, you know, how many how many teaspoons in a tablespoon? Mm -hmm. You know, I'm just going to tell you, um, you know, there's not a wrong answer. As adult learners, they're more open than to responding because now it's about me. Mm -hmm. And who doesn't like to talk about themselves? <laughs> um, but I also like to recognize um, the introverts because yeah. this might be a very difficult space for them. Mm -hmm. And so if, if you know you're going to be asking a lot of questions or this is a long, you know, training or presentation, um, opportunities to write things down mm. and then say them. Because saying something on the fly as an introvert isn't comfortable. And they, they're so tied into their emotion that it's hard for them to think critically mm -hmm. um, sometimes. So I like to, you know, vary that up. Um, I never, and I know this is an old teacher trick, you know, back when, you know, school was compulsory. But I, I do not call on those that are disengaged. Oh, I don't either. I don't Because like you the put them on the spot. Yeah. And then I think then you've burned yourself with them. Um, if I remember their name or I can see their name tag, I might call their name first, mm. you know, or this is a great time to go back to your know-it-all or, you know, whatever. And um, say, oh, Brianna, this one's for you. Mm -hmm. You know, not because you're lolling around and not doing anything, but it mentally gets you prepared to answer. And then you feel more confident um, mm -hmm. in responding. And then sometimes it just, but silence is also helpful. Mm. Yeah, those pregnant pauses can really prompt somebody to uh, to say something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What great tips! And I want to just I want to throw out there too, uh, talking about Ray and the executive coaching element. Ray is accepting new clients mm -hmm. now, and so uh, briefly here in the last few seconds we have, few minutes we have, uh, Ray, talk about the process if someone was interested in connecting with you for that initial consultation. Oh, my gosh. Uh, the website's the best place. There's links and connections all over. You can email me directly if you, you know, uh, get that off the website. We can set up a free consultation. Uh, the initial session is, and then we can decide if if coaching is for you. You know, and I really am trying to, like, think of how to describe my coaching. And the best thing I can do is is I'm a thinking partner. Hmm. I'm a thinking partner. I'm not here to tell you to do it this way or do it that way because all of you have your your answers within you. And so I really kind of just want to be that external disruptor <laughs> that, you know, because I'm objective to the situation and I might be able to ask those questions that's going to reframe something or get you thinking about a different uh, possibility. So 
thought partner. I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that. I do like Lots that. of drive time. <laughs> Think of those things, <laughs> let me tell you. Oh, well, uh, as she said, go ahead and go to the website, mti.missouri.edu, and you'll see on there the coaching tab at the top. Select that, and you can schedule your free consultation with Ray to uh, see if you'd like to join on in some of those coaching sessions. I can't believe it, but our 30 minutes has wrapped up at this point. We're going a little over even. Uh, And I can't believe we're at the end of the series. I feel like we still have a ton more things we could talk about related to presentations and presenting. Well, we can further the conversation with emails and comments that come in as a result of that. Absolutely. So if you have questions, comments, concerns related to anything that we've talked about over the course of this series or today's episode, go ahead and and shoot us an email, mti at missouri.edu. Where we are heading, my friends, as you might recall, it is fall now. (laughs) Pumpkin spice. Oh, And scary clowns. Oh, Uh, goodness. I started the pumpkin spice lattes September one. <laughs> and I can't even count how many I've had at this point. And now she has pumpkin spice oatmeal. Oatmeal, right? pumpkin spice. Yes. Um, what else did I have? Oh, uh, bagels, pumpkin spice. <laughs> uh, anything you can find that's pumpkin spice, uh, it, it's there. Um, and so fall is here, my friends. And with that, we're going to talk about uh, this idea of a season of change, right? Our season did change. And um, our next few episodes, next series we're entering into is going to be discussing um, that el- element of change, not only in self-change, but in workplace change. Uh, and then talking about kind of that, that transition space, maybe the emotions that are connected to any type of change. And so a season of change coming next week. Make sure you tune back in. Uh, Final thoughts, team, as we wrap up this one. Practice, practice, practice. That's exactly what I was going to (laughs) say. Don't wait until you're perfect to do it. Just go do it. Get out there and do it. Yeah. Yeah. I would concur with that, and uh, we're excited. Thank you all for joining along with us in this series. Uh, We hope to catch you again. Leave us your comments and uh, send us an email. We'll get back to you. But until then, go be great. Thanks for listening to The Weekly Workplace, hosted by the Missouri Training Institute. Dewey, Ray, and Brianna stand ready to connect with you and meet your training needs. Be sure to check out ways to contact them in the episode description or at mti.missouri.edu. Subscribe to the podcast to get future episodes automatically by tapping subscribe in your podcast player of choice. Hope to catch you on the next episode of The Weekly Workplace. Peace.